0: call kevin brooker today 800-975-6717 do it today
1: this is kevin brooker and we are cruising through retirement you know there's still a lot of questions about crypto cryptocurrencies and using it in re- your retirement plan uh, well fidelity just announced you can actually buy it in your 401k directly with them if you would like so we're going to talk about some frequent questions that come up, and we're going to ask you, is it really something you should have?
2: you found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement.
1: This is Kevin Brooker and we are Cruising Through Retirement. You know, there's still a lot of questions about crypto, cryptocurrencies and using it in your retirement plan. Uh, Well, Fidelity just announced you can actually buy it in your 401k directly with them if you would like. So we're going to talk about some frequent questions that come up, and we're going to ask you, is it really something you should have in your retirement account?
0: Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is uh, Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary, independent investment advisor representative. Uh, He's uh, been doing this for more than 30 years. uh, Silverleaf Financial is the business and silverleaffinancial.com is the website you can reach and connect with kevin right there directly and so yeah crypto this is going to be a fun topic because it's just fun out there (laughs) i mean i don't have a lot invested in crypto so
1: i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) you know you know what yeah anybody that has zero in crypto right now is probably feeling okay about it Uh, (laughs) sure you you know cuz you haven't suffered that uh what 40% loss or so that is down for the for the year. Yeah. Um,
0: well what do you make of this fidelity thing? I thought that was an interesting move on the part of fidelity to let them to let people just buy crypto, buy bitcoin in their 401k through their website. Is that is that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: You know what? I think it's going to be uh that's going to be I'm going to have to say too early to tell on that one okay. too soon, All to right. know. Um, you know, there, my initial reaction is I don't like it because I don't think a lot of people understand how risky Bitcoin, or I should say, cryptocurrencies are. Uh, we all talk about Bitcoin, you know, like it's like it's the only crypto or a lot of people like Kleenex, do. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or like Jacuzzi. Yes, you know? of course. It's, you know, it's uh, there are more hot tubs out there. There's more, you know, tissue out there and uh, there's more crypto, guys. Uh, you might know or maybe you don't know that there's over 18,000 different cryptocurrencies. At my last count, it oh could be twenty thousand by now. Gosh! I, so, I mean, how does that even happen? Well, see, and, and see, that's what the reason I want to bring it up, Steve, is because, and, and I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure how it happens. I must to come out and say, hey, I like Dogecoin. You know, all of a sudden it makes ten x in your investment, and then he says he doesn't like it anymore. No, Tesla's not going to take it. Well, now you just lost all your money. Right. So. You you, you know, so there's a lot of hype out there and I don't like, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. Let me say it this way. It makes me uncomfortable getting involved with things that there's a lot of hype or that there's a lot of, you know, big names out there pushing it around, you know, and I'm, I'm referring to Musk, you know, Elon Musk loves attention. Apparently, um, granted he is, you know, the richest guy in the world at this moment. Um, but I'm tired. I'm, 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 I'm oversaturated on Musk, um, I would, I would, I'm ready for him to go off of the headlines, go to a beach, go buy an Island or something. And, uh, you know, just stay quiet for a while is what I would like. I think that people get hurt from his tweets. I think they get hurt. They listen to what he's, what he says. If you bought Twitter based on his, his tweet, you know, you're not doing very well right now. Um, you know, and, and that's why last week's we talked about a little bit last week and I mentioned, you know, you gotta be careful with these celebrity endorsements or celebrity recommendations. I know a lot, obviously Elon Musk has a ton of followers uh, with, I think it's something like 90 million people follow him. So there are people making moves based on what he tweets and what he says. And if you followed him into of like on Dogecoin or into Twitter, um, you know, you probably lost a lot of money. And and so I, I just want to point out with regard to cryptocurrencies specifically, if you're a young investor, meaning let's say 35 or younger, um, and you've got, you know, essentially 30 plus years to retirement, you know then then maybe if you're if you're comfortable with the ups and the downs the big swings in the value then maybe crypto would be a good move for you but you do have to have in my opinion the only people that should be buying crypto should be people with a very very high risk tolerance in other words if you buy it you want to be prepared for it to get cut in half maybe get cut in half again maybe lose 90 95% of your money you could possibly lose it all um, you know but you could lose 90% and then see it come back and and make you you know 20 times on your money Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I think the consensus right now though, nobody, the, the, uh, so-called experts don't seem to believe that it's actually going to be a currency. Okay. It's not going to be used so much, uh, to replace the dollar, which was, a, there was a lot of talk early on how it's going to replace the dollar. Um, uh, and, and I think it was, uh, uh, was it Yellen or, uh, uh, Jerome Powell that came out? I think it was Yellen came out the other day, Janet Yellen and says she doesn't see it replacing the currency. And, and most of the experts don't either. It's it's the blockchain technology that's underneath or behind it or supports it. Um, that is where the, uh, the the technology lies that I believe could could be very you know uh, uh, very disruptive, if you will, and very you know something that changes our systems, our payment systems. Uh, but I think it's too early to know and to figure it out, guys. To me, I've looked at it. I was in and out. I was trading Bitcoin as well as several other cryptocurrencies in back in 2017, five years ago. Um, I wish I'd held on to it for the long term, but I didn't like the volatility. I didn't, because this thing this thing will jump 20%, 30% in a matter of a couple of days for seemingly no reason, and, 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 and flip side as well. What it looks like to me is that Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies, they seem to be trading along with the risk assets. In other words, they seem to be trading, I, I believe there's a very strong correlation between the NASDAQ index, let's say the tech stocks, the NASDAQ 100 or the composite, and, and, uh, and the cryptocurrencies. It seems like when we're in a risk-on environment, like last year, 2021, when everybody, you know, a lot of investors were buying these high-risk stocks, companies that you know barely even had any sales, they did not have any earnings and they probably won't have any earnings for a long time. You know, and I'm telling you about companies like Teladoc and Peloton, um, and they went through the roof and now they've come crashing down. And that looks to me very similar with what's happened with cryptocurrencies, namely Bitcoin. Had a great year last year, and now it's come, you know, and, and it's and it's now it's down forty percent or something, uh, in the last twelve months. So it has actually underperformed, you know, the stock markets, uh, and it is not a store of value, guys. There are some people that call themselves cryptocurrency experts. I've heard them on television, and they're talking about how it's a store of value. How they think it's going to replace gold. How it's a hedge for inflation. And as far as I can tell, so far none of those things are true. None of them. All right. If it was a hedge for inflation, it should be up this year, okay, instead of being down 40%. If it was a a store of value, it wouldn't be sitting on a 40% loss. Actually, I would say gold, the old gold, right? Gold bars, look at what gold's done. You can make an argument gold has been a store of value because it's actually made, I think it's up maybe 2%. Granted, it's not a ton, but it is actually slightly up for the year versus the S&P is down 18% right now, roughly. NASDAQ is down 27, 28 percent, approximately, right now. So this is one of the worst years, the worst starts to a year we've seen in a long time. Uh, and, and crypto is falling worse and harder than the overall equity markets. Sure. So, it, so if you are somebody thinking about it, I would suggest very, very small allocation and looking at it over a very long time frame. But you got to go into it knowing that there's a really, really good chance that it is going to drop, you know, significantly while you own it and you and you uh, should in my opinion you should have the perspective that that's okay that's an opportunity to just buy more because i think the best perspective with crypto would be looking at it for let's say 10 years and and any weakness you just maybe buy a little bit more but i don't personally i wouldn't advise more than maybe 2% of your total portfolio in All
0: crypto right. I think that's wise. Eight hundred nine seven five six seven one seven is the number you can call to reach Kevin, or just visit the website silverleaffinancial dot com. You talked about celebrities, and I, I wonder about these athletes that took all of their huge salaries in Bitcoin.
1: Oh yeah, for instance, Odell Beckham. Any yes. football fans out there? Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, if you guys remember last, you know, he got traded to the Rams, and he and that first year, partial year or whatever it was, he uh, they paid him I think seven hundred fifty thousand. He took all of it in, in Bitcoin. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> And so, so no, actually guys, you know what, because he took the 750 as payment, he owns taxes on 750 and he's in California, right? With LA. Oh my gosh. So So, even more. So that means he's, he's going to pay about 51% in taxes between state and federal taxes, which brings him down to, you know, what's that 375 or so 370. Um, And then if you look at the value of what's happened to the Bitcoin though, it's gotten cut in half. So he's really, he's lost pretty much everything he made yeah. after pay, after he pays his, ta- after he pays his taxes, he really didn't make any money, man. And well, so obviously, obviously Beckham, can, you know, I'm pretty sure he can afford it. He's been pretty highly paid for a while, so he can probably take those losses, you know, but how about Matt Damon? You guys remember those commercials? Where did he go? Right. Have we heard from him lately? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, Matt, what are you doing out there? You were um, so,
0: so serious at the, you know, the, during the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. The, uh, uh, what is it? Fortune favors the brave. I think that's yeah, the line. The, <laughs> yes, exactly. And, uh, and so I don't, well, I don't know how brave they're, or they're feeling now. Cause it's gotten, you know, it's gotten hit pretty hard. Um, you, you know, and they never said, is that good? You know, they never said what kind of fortune, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, bad fortune. I don't know. Um, you, you know, so my, my, you know, my point is, you know, we want to be really careful. I know a lot of people follow the celebrities, the entertainers, the athletes, um, and, and I follow them too, but I do not invest based on what they suggest. And I hope you don't either. Um, maybe it'll give you an idea to look at. Maybe it's a start of some research to look at something. Uh, but by all means, don't do something simply because, you know, one of these guys is saying that it's a good idea. Um, you know, so I think you want to be very careful with it. The other thing you want to recognize, as I mentioned, in terms of crypto, there's over 18,000 cryptocurrencies Holy cow. Eight, and, and they're guys are creating new ones all the time and you know bitcoin is the most popular gets the most talk um but i'm not convinced bitcoin is even going to be here you know five years from now let alone be the the most favored a lot of people say ethereum uh ether is you know a better alternative and you know but but to me it's very very difficult to understand it is very complicated um and and the other thing is that uh, anybody that follows coinbase which is the cryptocurrency brokerage firm yes they announced last week, um, I believe it was last week, that they said, you know, no, we're not in danger of going bankrupt. But by the way, guys, if we do go bankrupt, uh, you could lose all your crypto money. <laughs> and yeah. and, and so, so you don't just have the risk of the, of the cryptocurrency dropping in value. You've got the risk of somebody stealing it or a company holding it going bankrupt. And, and at least with brokerage accounts, if the firm goes bankrupt, you have backup insurance, depending on the firm you're with, it it could be millions of dollars in insurance. Like the firm I'm at, you could have 50 million with me and every penny would be insured, all right, against insolvency or bankruptcy from from the custodian. Mm -hmm. Uh, So depending on where you're at, you do have backup coverage in the event of insolvency, but you don't have that with cryptocurrencies. To my knowledge, there's no backup insurance if if you're holding it at Coinbase uh, or one of these other companies. um, You know, FTX is another cryptocurrency exchange, uh, with another th- what a 30 year old billionaire that started it. Um, you know so so you want to make sure you understand what you're getting into. There are many, many many risks with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and and uh, I would equate it to gambling. whatever money you might put on the roulette table, go ahead and put that in in, in crypto. but look at it like it is gambling because in my opinion it is pure speculation.
0: One of the things I think that's hard for people to get their head around is that there's nothing tangible about it. I mean, you can't pick it up, you can't touch it, you can't feel it. That's difficult for people to grasp.
1: You know what i i agree (laughs) and it's and it's hard for me too and and what i would rather you know the other thing what about how do you make projections on it i mean like like with a company you you can analyze a company right you can analyze a company that trades in the exchange or if you're in the private markets too for that matter uh but you can analyze a company you can look at what business they're in you know how proprietary their business is or or we like to say in the in, in this world they talk about a company that has a moat around its business and that means it's, it's developed some business or some product or some technology or some service that is very hard to duplicate. And it's very hard for a competitor to step in and immediately compete with them because they have, they've got something unique and proprietary. Um, and as I mentioned, there's over 18,000 cryptocurrencies. So I don't see anybody, I don't see anything stopping, you know, these other guys or other people from coming up with a new cryptocurrency. Maybe one comes along that has more advantages than Bitcoin or Ether or Litecoin or Ripple or any of the other ones that, that are out there. And and so to me, it's a big, big unknown. The other part of, part of it I'm getting at is there are no sales. You know, you can't make projections based on sales or earnings. You know, like with a stock, we look at the earnings, we look at the trajectory, you know, how much they're growing the earnings. And we say, you know what, this company is growing 15, 20% a year. If we can get it for less than 15 or 20 times, that's considered to be a good value. And historically speaking, that's worked fairly well, you know. But I don't know how you come up with a metric and how you measure the value you know should what's bitcoin worth? I mean is it worth 20,000? 5,000? 500,000? Yo Kathy Wood is out there saying it's going to 500,000. Um Kathy Wood is the manager that a lot of you guys might have heard of. She is the uh, uh, runs the Ark Family of Funds that have gotten a ton of attention because last year her Ark funds did fanta- fantastically well, phenomenally well. Uh, this year they're getting crushed. All right? I mean, I'm, they're down something like 65%, no, 70%, I believe. So, so you want to be careful with crypto. I think most of the people that I work with are, are in retirement or approaching retirement. I personally don't believe you should, you know, I don't recommend crypto for retirees. Um, you know, again, unless it's gambling money. If you've got some money set aside for speculation, then that could be money that you put into crypto. Um, but that could also be used for high-risk stocks. Let's say we find some stocks that are out there that we can measure, that we can put a value on. That we can see how they're traded. And, and to me, that would make a lot more sense than 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 crypto. I think there's a lot of good opportunities in this market now, uh, since we've had this correction. I think there's a lot of good opportunities. It doesn't mean we're at the bottom, guys. But I do think it means that if you buy some of these things here, if you look at one, two, three years, I think you can see some very good returns. And I would far rather do that than take a chance on crypto, uh, simply because, to me, it's too much unknown, and I and uh, I would put it in a very high risk category. It could potentially make a lot of money, but just make sure you know you could it could go either way very quickly.
0: So the uh, so when you when you talk about that, it's there. You said there's like eighteen thousand. Do they all have their own blockchain?
1: You know what? I'm not smart enough to know that, Steve. Okay, I'm um, just curious. I, I mean, it's I mean no. it's, that's hard piece to understand in and of itself. I'm still trying to figure out the blockchain, okay? If I'm being <laughs> honest, I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I, I. You know what? I think it was, was it Warren Buffett or somebody else that said, you know what? They only invest in things that they truly understand. Right. And, you know, if you don't understand it, you probably should avoid it. And And so that is part of the reason, I'll admit to everybody, part of the reason I say to avoid cryptocurrencies is that I don't fully understand exactly how they work. All right. And anybody that does, by all means, if you want to give me a call and have a conversation, I'd love to hear it. Um, you know, but to me, it's very, very complicated. It's very complex. And so I say, you know what? It's too, It's just too hard. It's too hard. It's too much of an unknown. There are things that we do know that we've got. A, we've got 100 years of data, 100 years of research on the stock market. And at least that we've got, you know, we've got all sorts of lessons that we've learned over time. We've got all sorts of very successful investors like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, William O'Neill. Uh, that started Investor's Business Daily that I talk about all the time. These are folks that have developed rules that we can follow, we can mimic, we can copy how they've done it. And and I've been doing that with some, some of my strategies and, and it's working very well. And so I say, you know what, uh, why try to reinvent the wheel? How about if we stick with things that we have a lot better chance, a lot higher probability of success? And so that's how I look at it. I'm looking for a higher probability of success and I have trouble assigning that to cryptocurrency.
0: Right. Well, I, I followed along that with that one, a hundred percent, Kevin. And and again, it's the kind of thing where it's really good to hear from you, from you, because, you know, you've been, like you said, we've got a hundred years of the stock market. You've got 30 years in the business. You've seen markets like this. You've lived through markets like this. You've retired people in markets like this.
1: Yes, I have. And, and, I, and I appreciate that, Steve. Yes, I have. And, and, and that's something I, I love to see. You know, it, it's real nice. Uh, you know when you sit down with people and and you go over their portfolio and, you, and and you talk you have your discussions and then they realize that you can put together a plan and a strategy and that they're good yes they are going to be able to retire sooner you know when when they want to typically you know or at least within a, maybe a year or two you know and that we do have solutions there are things we can do things we can put in place to make sure you've got what you need when you need it uh, without taking a chance on saying, you know, it's I feel like crypto is kind of like, you know, cross your fingers, plug your nose and, and hope for a good return. I think <laughs> you know? you're right. I mean, because you know, I, mean, I don't I, I know there's been all sorts of people coming on the news, the business channels, you know, about how great it is as it's going higher. Right. That's when it was at fifty five, sixty thousand. I haven't seen these folks lately. You know, they're kind of hide They're kind of hiding somewhere. I'm not sure where, um, you, you know, but it's had a nasty ride. And, and in fact, I'll tell you what, I think, I want to say Bitcoin's been around for about 10 years now, maybe maybe longer. Wow. Really? Uh, but But I, I saw some research earlier, though, that says uh, we have had now seven weeks, seven consecutive weeks of lower prices for Bitcoin. And I believe that's the first time that's happened in its trading history. So some people will look at that and say, you know what, that's a contrarian signal. Maybe that's the time to buy. You know, so uh, others of us will say, you know what, that's a falling knife. And you want to be careful when you reach out and try to catch a falling knife.
0: So <laughs>
1: I love the analogy. Hey, you know <laughs> that, that, that is an old one. Cause, cause you know, one of the things I learned early on Steve is that, you know, back in the nineties, I started in 1990 uh, and the 19, the nineties, that decade was really very, very good overall, especially the end of it. Of course, before the markets crashed. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of people, a lot of times something would drop, you know, and back then it was like Cisco and Microsoft and Dell. Those are the big names uh, Intel and, and whenever they would drop a little bit, you know, there's some people want to come in, let's buy it, let's buy it. And it's and, and what you've got to teach help, teach yourself or remind yourself is maybe just wait a little bit. Patience, I think is one of the best virtues you can have as an investor. It's one of the hardest things I've had to learn because you know I'll often tell people it's not one of my strongest virtues. Uh, and so I have to force myself with, with regard to investing to be patient, let these things play out. You know, like the market right now, I am doing a little bit of nibbling Uh, for myself and for some clients in terms of adding to portfolios because I feel like the markets have gotten, you know, the markets have gotten hit, right? NASDAQ is down almost 30%, guys. Yeah. Almost 30% for the year, all right? Just for the year. Uh, The S&P is down around 18%. And and so you look at that, I say, you know, I feel like there's some good value there. But at the same time, I remind myself, we don't know that this is the bottom. I'm not saying it's the bottom. Um, It does feel like we're trying to find that bottom. And so my opinion is, I think it feels to me like over the next couple, maybe the next month, maybe next two months, it feels like we're in that bottoming process. And I think that as the Fed, you know, everyone expects the Fed to raise, you know, raise rates again uh, at least one more time. A lot of people are thinking two more times. But I think that some of the talk we saw earlier, some people were saying seven, eight, nine interest rate hikes. Um, I I just don't see it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the market's gotten too negative in terms of the interest rate hikes. Yeah, uh, as well as inflation. I think there are some signs that inflation has is sh- starting to peak. In other words, we're not saying it's going away. We're certainly not saying it's going to reverse. What we're saying is that the rate of growth of inflation is going to slow. So, in other words, instead of growing eight, eight and a half percent, you know, the next report maybe will show six or seven percent, and then maybe a l- couple months later it'll show four or five percent, and then maybe maybe within a year we'll be down to like three percent inflation. That's what we're talking about with inflation slowing down. It doesn't mean it's going to reverse price. I'm not suggesting prices are going to start going down. uh, But I do think the rate that they're increasing at will slow down. And so I think those two things, I think if inflation starts to slow, I believe that's going to cause the Fed to say, you know what? We don't have to raise rates. And if those things happen, I think that could be the bottom of the market. And that's what I believe the market is trying to find right now.
0: And so should that happen? Should it play out that way? And would the market then react by going up
1: yes just, just yes, from a it historical would. standpoint yeah it, it would from a historical standpoint it would if if this is a correction then that's what's going to happen then the market's going to pick up as we get later in the year and we're going to have a strong finish to the year there's several analysts there's a couple of them out there um brian belski of bmo he's still got a 4800 target he used to be over 5,000, on it and this is a year-end target year-end 2022 this year okay he's calling he's he was over five thousand on his target he lowered that, and I believe he's now at 4,800. Guys, that's over a 20% move from here. All right. Um, another guy, Jim Labenthal. He's on the Business Channel a lot. Um, he's also in the 47, 4,800 range. Um, you know, so there, there, there's, there are a lot of uh, uh, analysts and strategists out there that are recommending. Um, um, and 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 so there are some people that are still optimistic because they feel that the earnings are still strong, the job market is still strong you know, and, and they feel that the economy is not going to go into recession. So what it hinges on is whether you think we're going into recession. If we're going into recession, then the market will probably keep going down further than just this summer. If it turns out that it doesn't look like, you know, we're going to have the recession, the Fed and the Fed can navigate the soft landing, then we could possibly be back up and we could see this. I'm going to say maybe a 10%, 15% gain. I personally don't think we can see 4,800. Um, but there are still, there are still some reasons to be optimistic guys. And if you have a longer term horizon, what I would suggest is to, to take a look, to add money as we're in this correction, this is the time you want to be a buyer. And by the way, if you're thinking about converting anything to a Roth, now is the time to think about doing it. This is a great time to convert some positions that you have in the stock market to a Roth because your taxes will be lower because the prices are down. So give some thought to a Roth conversion. If it makes sense for your situation.
0: Ooh, I like that. That is good thinking. The, and, and again, because as you say, there is going to be a recovery. There always is, uh, or there always has been, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be good. So when you say you're nibbling, what, what do you like? I mean, you said uh, you like, um,
1: uh, like gas, oil, that kind of stuff. It, you know what, actually, actually, I'm looking at the other side. Uh, I, I can't, I like some of the tech stocks. I like some of the chip companies. All right, now guys, I'm not saying this is the bottom, but for instance, Nvidia, Nvidia is one trading uh, around 170, 172. It's basically been cut in half from its high. It's it's got a it's a fantastic chip company. I think I think it's a steal anywhere under 200. Um, you know, so I am I am a buyer of it, and I own and I and I am buying it myself. AMD is another one, Advanced Micro. Uh, I think AMD below 100 is a fantastic buy as well. Uh, I think both of these you could double your money on in the next three or four years, maybe even sooner. Um, but I believe I believe a couple you know some of the chip companies look very very interesting. Uh, as of right now, the energy stocks. Steve, you're totally right. Uh, energy is one of the you know, it's been the best sector this year. You know, but but I'll tell you what I what I'm looking at. If you if you talk to the market technicians, these are the you know the the people that are the chartists that you know talk about support and resistance levels. They look at the charts and the graphs and they try to figure out where things are going from here. A lot of market technicians are t- would tell you um, that in order to complete this correction, meaning that we might be at the bottom of it, that that requires the energy sector to roll over. Okay. One of the, one of the last few signs they've talked about is the, the, the market leadership has to take a hit before we know the correction is over. And so what that means, Apple, Microsoft, and look at what's happened to those lately. Google, right? Look at what's happened to them lately. Those have been the market leaders, especially Apple, right? It's been fantastic. Right, yeah, we're absolutely. St- we're starting to see them roll over, right? Apple Apple has been getting beaten up. They've all been getting beaten up lately. So we are seeing those big tech leadership companies roll over, which is one of the things you need to see at the end of a market correction is where is what the logic will tell you. Uh, and that logic will continue to say that the leading sectors need to roll over too, and that would be energy, materials, and metals those have been what's been leading. So just be aware of that. If you're a buyer of these areas and I do have exposure, I own Exxon Mobil, for instance. Um, and I, and I own some other inflation hedges, which are tied to commodity prices uh, tips um, a, as well as energy and oil. I own some other, other investments in that space as well, but I'm watching them very closely and, and uh, I intend to hold them right now, but, but I just want to mention those, that area has had a heck of a run. And so Um, so we call it a, one of the things you guys might've heard is we call it a barbell approach. And that means you're playing different areas of the market. So maybe on one side you buy value, maybe you look at some value, you know, you know, types, types of holdings, uh, where on the other side, you look at more aggressive types of companies, right? So in other words, you could have, you could have something like, you know, some steel and some oil companies, oil exploration companies, let's say, and some steel companies, you know, like us steel on one hand, and on the other hand, you could be doing much more conservative things on the value side. And we call that the barbell approach because they're going to react differently and they've got different metrics, right? We measure them differently. So so that's one approach that has worked out fairly well, um, you know, but but it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish, guys. So anybody that would like to talk, please feel free to give me a call anytime. Uh, i like to customize everyone's portfolios for their them individually i don't run a cookie cutter portfolio where everyone has the same thing
0: sure uh one last thing uh pure growth how are we doing uh, with the market the way that it is
1: you know what we're we we are still beating the market on a relative basis and and no what kid. that means yeah in fact i've got an audit scheduled for this summer when we come up to our two-year anniversary um and 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 we'll be putting out audited results so everybody can see that everything I've been saying is 100% accurate. Uh we did have a 35% gain net of fees in 2021 and right now uh through this week we are we are down between 5 and 6% for the year. Um so we're still down. We are we are down. But we're down a little less than 6% when the S&P is down 18 and Nasdaq is down 28.
0: Yeah, I mean so, again but when you when you look at the you know, you look at the whole picture, you're doing well.
1: It, it, it is. Uh, it is. So far, so good. And, and you know what, guys? I'm happy to talk to anybody that's interested. Uh, ProGrowth is a portfolio that I started running a little bit less than two years ago. Um, I'm essentially copying some of the most successful investors, which is what I talked about earlier. And I'll be the first one to admit, I, I, am, I am not here to reinvent the wheel. I just want success for myself and my clients. And and if I can mirror and mimic and copy somebody else like Warren Buffett, that's been hugely successful, right? He's worth, what, $115 billion or something? Something like I that. I think that, you know, so I think once you pass the billion-dollar mark, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but $100 billion plus is incredible. Uh, and the thing with Warren Buffett, guys, is that he's made it from investing in the market. You know, like the other guys like Musk and uh, Bezos, obviously, you know, Musk made it from you know he start he he well he started off I think made his first fortune with PayPal uh, and then with Tesla and SpaceX so he's created these companies and built these fantastic companies how he's made a fortune right all of us can't do that um, you know Jeff Bezos with Amazon right he started Amazon a lot of people you know, just the bookstore right and it's made him made him at one point richest man in the world um, you know so it's a little bit different because Buffett didn't start the you know he runs Berkshire Hathaway uh, but the way he's made his fortune is from investing in these stocks not from building these companies and owning, you know, a bunch of stock. Uh, And so I like to follow Buffett. I like to follow Peter Lynch because he ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund when it was knocking the doors up, you know, knocking the skin off the ball. Um, And William O'Neill, I always cite because he started investors business daily. uh, And these are all rules based strategies. These are pre-established rules. They take the emotion out of an investment decision. We're making the decision based on these rules uh, that are predetermined that we put in our computer and then our computer kind of like spits out all the names of the companies that meet the metrics that we're searching for, and that's how I select these stocks. And so the portfolio I've been running is just between five and ten holdings. It's a concentrated portfolio. But what I'm doing is I'm favoring companies that are in in uh, that have positive sentiment. So one, so you know, one of our, um, uh, for instance, one of the big winners in this portfolio this year, Apache, APA. It's in the oil space. We got a about a forty percent gain in Apache this year. Um, Matson, M A T X, is another one that we've owned that's done fantastic. It was up, uh, I want to say six or seven percent just you know one day this week, and and so those are. But they've got you've got to be in the right sector. The only way we're beating the market is because we're not we don't have exposure to every sector of the market like the S and P, right? And and so that's how we're outperforming the market is because we're in the sectors of the market that have been doing well this year. And and so I'm happy to talk about those individual holdings. I don't recommend, you know, this isn't where I'm saying somebody should put all their money into pure growth. What I'm trying to show is that I've got a successful way of choosing stocks that I can add to your portfolio. So your portfolio might be 80% or 90%, you know, maybe exchange traded funds and maybe 10 or 15 or 20 percent individual stocks. That's I have several clients doing that. And uh, it can work out very well. I like to say we're adding that's how we can turbocharge your account or add a little horsepower to it. So If you'd like to learn more about
2: information provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.
0: do it today.